thank you for listening to this episode of Changes Big and Small. This is your host, Damian. Changes Big and Small will help you take action in your life with intention and purpose. In each episode, I invite you to accept unexpected challenges that will help you make progress to live the life that you want. Today's episode is just me on the microphone. I've been watching the Korean drama Hometown Cha 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 after a colleague recommended it. I decided to give it a try because I usually watch thrillers and I thought that maybe watching something different would be relaxing for me. In Hometown Cha Cha Cha, we see many different types of relationships, work, family, friends, acquaintances, romantic Relationships grow in each of these situations when people spend time with each other, when they are vulnerable and caring. The location of the show, Gonjin, is a small seaside town where gossiping and interfering in other people's lives is practically a sport. But what stood out to me was the sense of community. People came together to pay their respects for a death, to recognize or commemorate a death anniversary, and to celebrate engagements. The key thing is that people came together. One thing comes across clearly in the show, that there is value in community relationships as well as in more intimate relationships between individuals. The community supports the well-being of each person. Hometown Cha-Cha-Cha shows many of the ideas that Kenny Mamarella shared in our interview, which aired last week. Living the life you want, having the relationship you want, involves meeting yourself and others at the edge of your comfort level, where you can reveal yourself to another and be accepted and be supported. Play bigger than the rules, because it's not play small to be liked and to be part of the pecking order or to not be excluded. It's play big enough so you actually get met at the edge. And that's where the growing is. That's where the learning is. That's where we really meet, rather than surviving and being nice and second guessing. It's also beautiful that we have the capacity to recognize when someone else is hurting and provide support for them, leaving space for them to share what they will. Sometimes the edge can be too much and we have to pull ourselves back or count on someone else to pull us back. One of the things that makes relationships difficult is that we have many choices to decide how to act or how to react. In the groups that Kenny facilitates, one of the rules is to play bigger than the rules. I've been thinking about what this means, and to me it means showing up with an open heart, an open mind, with your whole self, whoever you are. It means remaining true to yourself and your values, not just going with the crowd or what someone else wants to hear. Another way of thinking about this is not just to watch, but also to participate. 
You have to participate if you want to build connections, if you want to be in relationship with someone, if you want to get better at relationships. Through connections, you can create a safe space for yourself to be able to experience the joys of life and also the pain. Cultivate relationships where you can be held when you hurt and celebrated when you have a success. If you are in relationships where you can only do one of those two things, what will it take to create space for the other? This is possible in all of our different types of relationships, but being held at work may be different than in family. At work, it may mean getting help to complete work, getting accommodations or time up, maybe a bouquet of flowers, words of empathy, or consolation. It could also mean a hug, a pat on the back, a squeeze of a shoulder or a hand, depending on your relationship with your peers and depending on the culture of the place that you work. What is appropriate depends on the relationship you have with a person and that will look different for you in different environments. Unwanted physical touch, for example, can add to pain and discomfort. So we need to be careful to not cross people's boundaries when we're building connections with them and to state our own boundaries as well. Even in family, being held may look different at different times and in different families. Some families have more physical touch than others. Being held in this context could mean someone sitting with you or it could mean a hug. It is whatever helps you feel supported that makes space for you to feel however you're feeling, allowing you to go through the feelings to whatever comes next at your own pace. Rumi says that the wound is where the light comes in. To me, this means that pain and other emotions that we consider negative is a pathway to ourselves, is a pathway to something positive. If you are interested in building more connections, in building more relationships, you could create your own communities. I think the most important thing for finding spaces of support, where you can support other people and be supported, is to be yourself. Insert quote. If you haven't figured out who you are yet, it will be very hard for people to give you what you need. They may try, but you'll have a hard time receiving something that you don't even think that you need. So you may want to go back to season two and three on clarity and self-acceptance to do that work that you need to do for yourself. You could get involved in community at the same time as you're doing the work, but expect the community to change as you change and as you grow. But for me, it's like, I want to include myself in all my relationships and I want to be around people who have similar values, similar purpose maybe, similar morals, maybe if not a similar background, at least a similar flavour, so we're coming from a similar place and also who bring out the best in me and that's important. I want to expand on what Kenny said a bit. With what you know of yourself, 
you can find or create a group where you can have the connections that you want more of in your life. You don't have to match with someone on all the components that Kenny pointed out, but you do need one point of similarity, at least one point of shared interest. For example, at my work, there are several groups for life chats where people talk about stuff besides work. I didn't used to participate in them, but during the pandemic, where I have less spontaneous meetings on a day-to-day basis, I decided to join several of these groups. Every few weeks, I get paired with a new person where we can talk about whatever we want. The best conversations are the ones where we can find a point of connection, a point of shared interest, where we can open up to each other. For me, I also created a book club to spend more time with people that I care about and to connect them to each other. My family has been having more get-togethers on Zoom. We're spread out around the world, but rarely did this before COVID. At work, in addition to the organized social chats, I also have more professional chats with people. And in those, we talk about our lives as well as work. One of the upcoming episodes will be discussing life. Some people differentiate between personal relationships, between their personal life and their professional life, but I've always thought that we only have one life. I have found it difficult to divide my life into personal and professional. And so the question I would like to explore is, how do we live our life fully and stop trying to cut ourselves into halves? For me, I want to show up authentically in all of the places that I inhabit. It's true that I don't share the same thing at work as I do with my friends, but my goal is to always be the same person. My behavior in one place shouldn't shock people from the other place. I'm always Damian. I'm a very curious, sometimes sarcastic person who likes time to think alone before discussing with others. I love words and stories and can sometimes be too critical about language and writing, something I'm working on. I believe that people are primarily good. I watch from a distance rather than participating sometimes. Another thing I'm working on. I love baking, but I rarely do it anymore since I don't have an office to share baked goods with. I love traveling, but I am getting less adventurous as I grow older, now preferring to travel with other people than alone. I could go on, but you get the picture of what I'm doing here. I'd like to invite you to do the same, to tell your story, to figure out what are the things that are important to you, where are the places that you might be able to connect with somebody else. Who are you? What do you value? What do you want more of in your life? Start here and then invite other people into your sphere. For building any relationship, you need one point of shared interest. The more points of interest you have with someone else, the closer your relationship could be. I've lived in many countries around the globe and in each place I've made friends. I don't have a lot of friends, but there are people in my life that I will get on a flight that traverses oceans to get to them. I've met a lot of my friends at work. Some of my colleagues at work are just that, but some have become friends over the years. 
further in the season, we'll be exploring how to create friendships. But I can give you a preview, especially since Kenny talked about male friendships in the last episode. If you want to build a strong friendship or any kind of relationship, it's important to spend time together and to have deep conversations. Small talk has its place, but it doesn't build strong relationships. Kenny shared three, actually four, invitations for strong relationships. Reflective listening. Be in the question using I wonder. Follow your heart and live your truth. And descriptive praise. Reflective listening shows that you're paying attention. When someone is in the moment with you, paraphrasing what you are saying and confirming that they understand, how does that make you feel? I find this a very attractive quality personally. I can remember the first time where I felt completely seen in a conversation and this was due to the act of reflective listening. It really threw me. I was not used to that and I wondered what is the person doing here? Are they trying to trick me in some way? Thankfully, I've matured. Now I know that reflective listening can be done using body language or verbal language. To show that you're listening attentively, that you're present, you can make eye contact, remove distractions, take notes. It's very important that you make sure you're in a state of mind for listening and that you have enough time for the conversation before even starting it. To show that you're paying attention, you can use a variety of different phrases. A couple of examples are what I'm hearing is or I want to make sure that I understand what you're saying. You can reflect the emotion, content, or meaning with paraphrasing, or you could summarize. I wonder. You can be curious and open with I wonder. I actually really love this. It came up in a previous episode with Mark Butler on money. I think I wonder can be fun and playful, which actually supports creativity. Coming from a place of I wonder lets you explore new perspectives, new solutions. It removes judgment to allow you to go outside of your usual response. That's what I really love about it. Follow your heart and live your truth. This is a difficult one because many of us have tuned out of our intuition. We stay in our heads and out of our bodies. Diana Chapman, who's a leadership coach, talks about how you can feel your reaction to things in your body, that somatic response. You can visit her site for a meditation to help you identify what she calls the full body yes. That link is in the show notes. I tend to be more of a heart person, but I've been trained like all of us have into the intellectual. So I tend to be kind of in my upper part of my body, either in my feelings and I feel a lot and I cry and I emote a lot. I was a very kind of melancholy teenager, (laughs) moody, or I try and figure it out in my head because I've gotten very good at that. But it's harder for me to go into my belly. And it's harder for us in general in the West as a culture to go into our belly and gut sense of knowing things, our intuition. That's why I encourage people to, when they meditate on the breath, to try and feel the breath in the belly. 
You can go back and listen to my full interview with Sebene Selassie for some ideas about how to connect with your other ways of knowing besides the brain. This is something that I'm personally working on too, to slow down and pause and see how my body feels, giving it space and time to inform decisions. Give descriptive praise. There is a lot of research on this with respect to child development and child rearing. Descriptive praise tells someone what specifically they've done. It's a way of celebrating someone's actions and results without personalization, leaving space for them to recognize the value of their actions. This means it's not about being a good person, but rather about acting in a particular way. Instead of saying good job, you might say, Team members have mentioned that you met all the milestones for this project and communicated clearly with them at every step of the way. This is a behavior that we clearly want at work. On the other hand, with children, you might say, I noticed that you put away all your toys by yourself without waiting for me to tell you to. I can see that you're really proud of yourself. You can read more on this by visiting some of the links in the show notes. I leave you with the invitation to write down who you are and then use that to determine which communities you want to join or create. If there are any relationships that you want to strengthen, you can use the four tips that Kenny shared, which I summarized above. Start with practicing one of them each day for a week. Then add on another one. Continuing like this, as long as it's interesting, energizing, or rewarding for you to do so. The goal is to build new habits. And that happens most successfully if you are truly engaged in the action and its impact. My final thought for today is that all healthy relationships have value and help make life better, not just romantic relationships. If you've been stuck only seeking one type of relationship, Perhaps it's time to open up to more possibilities. You can visit changesbigandsmall.com for the show notes and links from this episode. If you've enjoyed listening to it, please leave a review. There's a link in the show notes for that. And also share the episode with someone else who you think would benefit. Remember, change begins with one small step. Have a great week.